The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation in the final half hour of the show. So what we're going to be doing is speaking to uh, the South African Reward Association. And they've been looking at the behavior of corporates uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown. And they're actually saying that uh, corporates have been behaving well. That's part of what at least they've been able to deduct from their studies. We'll find out more from them in a moment. Before we do that, though, some of your reflections on the different conversations that have been taken in place. Morning, Askati. Askati. These correctional services officials must never take us for a fool. Like, how can they spot a criminal, a molester, when the community couldn't spot him? I mean, there are many people in the community. So how can two people from the correctional service spot a molester when he's going to do these crimes? Smoke it, Butler Park. Thank you. Good morning, Chabuchilwani in has a view. If the gentleman has gone to three laboratories in a space of three to four hours, and then the results are different, it is clear that the kind of test, tests that he was taking was rapid test. That is why he got the results the same day or in a few hours. So my take is that it is difficult uh, really to explain why will this test be different. Thank you. Kate and team, good day. You know the, 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 the failure on the um, opposition party's side, it, it, it's just too much. They just can't simply get together and stop this looting that is continuously taking place. And where are we going to be tomorrow? Good day. So let's continue the conversation here. Allow me to welcome Yolanda Sadmeyer, who is the Chartered Reward Specialist and Executive Committee member of the South African Reward Association. Yolanda, good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for having me. Firstly, what is the South African Reward Association? What do you guys do? I was telling the listeners that it's the first time that I'm actually hearing of this organization. <laughs> yeah, it's an um, it's organization that's for um, reward professionals. So um, human resources is a well-known field um, in, in um you know, most companies, but reward is a specialist field as part of that. So they stand a bit separately and deal with remuneration um, incentives um, within companies. So the association um, is a professional association. We have professional designations, and that's where the chartered reward specialist came in. And we sort of look at... um, you are members adhere to, you know, good practices. Mm-hmm. Um, we do conferences and uh, workshops, et cetera, and training. We have an intern program where we help, um, you know, um, young graduates getting jobs and go through this um, field of reward because not a lot of people hear about it. Um, I mean, at university, you have maybe a two-week stint on rewards, but nothing more. And it's a very specialized field. So um, that's really what we do. 
One of the things that you have spoken about is the fact that COVID-19 has brought about the most, the most flexible period when we're looking at employment and remuneration practices. So let's talk about the flexibility in terms of, of employment. What are the changes that you have seen there? Yes, um, companies um, started uh, and were forced, in a way, to let people work from home. So that was a huge change for a lot of companies. So um, they had to get their laptops and make sure they've got connectivity uh, for those that could work at home. Other staff couldn't work because if you're a receptionist, for example, or a laborer that has to be in the um, factory um, or a you know, factory line worker, you couldn't work from home. So those people you know, unless they could still operate, um, were also sent home, but they couldn't work. So what companies have also done is they um, allow for sabbaticals. So the sabbatical could have been for um, a month, two months, three months without pay, um, just to release uh, the pressure from, you know, the payroll and there's not income coming in. Um, companies allow staff to choose um, reduced hours. Um, for example, I took a 60% um, reduction. So I worked 60% of my normal time. So I took a reduction in pay and worked only those hours um, for the company and got remunerated for that. So companies were a lot more flexible in terms of how they allow you to work, either from home um, or do these um, sabbaticals or flexible hours, etc. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that helped a lot with especially, you know, parents who had kids at home and were, had, had to be, you know, helping them, especially the little ones, etc. Did, did you find that there was a, a commitment amongst corporate South Africa to actually retain workers as, as much as possible? Yes, absolutely. Um, they also um, tried to... Um, do um, share jobs, so they'll pay each two people half their salary, but they do the same job. So they, the one will work in the morning, one will work in the afternoon, so that they still have an income, but um, you know, and not being left without a job. So at least that kept on going. Companies also um, ask their executives and and sometimes other staff as well to give up bonuses or give up a portion of the bonus so that that could go into a fund for those staff that could, didn't have leave to take um, if they couldn't work from home um, so that they could keep them. So that was some of the things um, they did um, to do that. And, and, and did, did companies, uh, I mean, did executives do that? Did they give up yes. um, their bonuses? Yes. Um, there was a huge amount of companies that did that. They, um, for me, what was fascinating is that I can understand once the economy, um, you know, was taking a real dip due to COVID, that sort of end of the year and, and 2021 would have been affected. But companies who actually were due to pay bonuses and give increases in April, May last year already, they said, although this was based on a previous year's performance and, mm. you know, people actually deserve that money, um, they're going to either cut it and not pay it at all. They're either going to delay payment or pay a portion and um, pay another portion later. 
so they definitely did that. Um, and I don't think, um, you know, it was sort of a moral obligation. Mm. They felt that, you know, people are losing their jobs. These small businesses that don't have, can't work. Um, you know, most industries were taking a really strain and, um, you know, they just felt it's morally not right mm. to pay bonuses, etc. at that point. For me, that was the biggest surprise. Are we, um, are we able to, to, to say, Yolanda, the percentage of, of companies that, that actually did that? So in terms of the, the scope of, of, of organizations that you are looking at, um, how representative is that of the corporate industry <laughs> In South Africa, and, and 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 of that, are you able to give us a definitive figure in terms of look, and fifty percent of corporates in 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 of executives rather in yeah. corporate South Africa actually uh, f- f- went ahead and 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 decided to forego their um their their bonuses. So um, I um, last year I was working at Mercer. South Africa, and we did a survey, and uh, we ran an executive, top executive survey, mm. and in there we have quite a, a big percentage, about 50 companies of the top companies in South Africa, and they all did something similar. So it was um, fascinating to see. That's why I said I was so surprised. So out of that group of, you know, the big corporates in South Africa, um, they all decided to do that. Mm. And and some of them went actually lower levels as well, you know, managers, um, you know, supervisors, um, etc. as well, not just executives. But executives, yeah. it was uh, definite. Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but for us, that was um, quite something. And even with Sarah, we've done some um, ad hoc um questionnaires to our uh, surveys to our uh, members and um, there it was also we 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 stopped increases we stopped uh, payment of bonuses we'll wait and see at that you know in the beginning it was we didn't know how long it's going to be and this was just delayed and delayed for even longer and this year companies are really circumspect in what they're going to do mm. it's 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 interesting to me that something like COVID 19 was able to bring that kind of decision out of executives because over the years it's not unusual to have uh, people in different structures of organization complaining about how much they earn versus versus the executives who still have uh, the benefit of taking home all of these big bonuses. And and the complaint has, despite the fact that there is a moral case for it, it it, it has never really um, gotten the kind of responses that that we're seeing now under COVID. Absolutely. It's, um, you know, that's for me the most fascinating part of it and that people, that, that really the whole world came to this party and, Definitely, corporate South Africa did. Um, I always tell people, for me, this, that's just one positive that came out of this. That just moral obligation that companies felt, and um, you know, and I agree. There's huge um, disparities in, in um, you know, salaries, and um, we'll always have the wage gap discussion, etc. But um, the yeah. COVID definitely brought that out. Mm. I can't say it will stay like that. Mm. <laughs> um, of course, um, we don't know what's going to happen. But um, in this period, that was a good thing to see. 
even the companies who made money during this period, you know, you, you think of mm. the, you know, cell phone companies, they suddenly had to, um, you know, do a lot more data packages, the computer companies, a lot more laptops set up at home, etc. Um, they, they did well through the COVID period, especially in the beginning, because there was this great need for this equipment. And they were also circumspect in what they, you know, going to pay. Um, so, so yeah, um, it's, it's, I hope not a one-off, mm. and I hope companies will look at it, you know, for the long term. Um, before COVID even, you know, happened, companies were giving smaller bonuses to the Achbo, um, smaller increased percentages to the executives than to their general staff, for example. But, um, you know, so they already started looking at this, but this was quite a, a drastic way of doing it. The other way companies were doing it, they were asking um, these special executives to um, give their leave away. So they put that in a fund also to help people. So they had to reduce their own leave allocation and then get the, the excess that they have or, or, you know, half of it or all of it if they wanted to, to go into this fund to help staff that you know, had to take leave because they didn't have, um, you know, leave uh, mm. and work. They couldn't work from home. So for me, that was another step into, you know, the right direction in of, doing yeah. something for other people. Mm. Of, co- of course, mm. Yolanda, what this do does is that it then introduces a different element of what the workplace can look like and how it can function. So um, beyond the fact that even when it comes to more flexible working hours, people were having to take home less salaries. But what are the measures you think can and should stay with corporate South Africa beyond this moment. The salary cuts not being part of it, of course. Um, <laughs> but 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 are there different ways in which work can be done and should continue to be done um, beyond this current moment? Um, yes. Um, so. Um Yes, um, companies can do, you know, the, the shared work um, concept where, you know, as I've mentioned earlier, where two people share a job and earn less, but they still have jobs. They um, can continue with, and I think they would, with f- flexible working hours, flexible, um, um, you know, um, yeah, work at home, um, the um, where, what's it else? Uh, yeah, flexible on the hours, maybe take um, more sabbaticals, more, um, you know, using maybe um, not permanent staff, you know, flex, uh, um, flexi workers, people that work for themselves, were use them for a specific project instead of having that um, headcount in the business to help them survive as well. So there's, there's quite a few things that they can do. Mm. Do, do you think that this is in any way going to change the percep- perceptions about executives in, in this country? To a lesser extent, I think um, the, the issues about the pay gap, um, excessive bonuses, or perceived excessive bonuses, are still you know, going to be there. And, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen two years down the line. Mm. Um, and there's different views on that, um, 
is it excessive? Is it not? Do they bring in the performance and the company shares or market share is big enough to, to justify that? And so I think it will always be a, a sensitive subject and very highly emotional. But um, I think this gave us a bit of hope for you know, the humanity of, of corporate South Africa mm. um, to, to take a stand and, and do things differently. Um, I also know that our members are all rewriting policies so to accommodate working from home, to accommodate, um, you know, changes in the way they, they do things. So it's definitely something that will happen. We will see a change, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, executive pay will always be a bit of a controversial issue. Okay. Yolanda Sedelmeyer, thank you so much for joining us today, the Chartered Rewards Specialist and Executive Committee of the South African Reward Association. Uh, so there we have it there, you know, uh, executives in this country doing their bit to ensure that uh, people, at least as many of the employees are able to get through this pandemic as possible. I know, of course, on the other end of this, there's some of you that are thinking, well, if there was equity to begin with, we would all be able to survive COVID without needing that additional assistance. And um, yeah, that's that's part of of, of the argument that uh, is is. Of course, always brought to the table, especially uh, when you're speaking to the unions. That's part of what they will say and highlight. Okay, one of the cases that we've been watching for this morning is the Ace Mahashule matter. This is regarding the ANC that is in court. Uh, He is fighting uh, for his suspension to be lifted. Let's take you live to those court proceedings. Point out that, uh, you know, the respect of our courts is something that must not be taken for granted by any uh, litigant. We are of the view, of the firm view, my lord, that uh, uh, the, the litigants in this particular litigation are maybe operating on the basis that, uh, you know, the courts have different <coughs> For different people, and uh, if uh, it is our respectful submission that that notion must be uh, immediately and summarily dealt with. All people who come before our courts are the same, whether they are kings or paupers, uh, they must be treated in the same way. And uh, every day in our courts, litigants are told, even if you are late by one day, uh, you must. It's, uh, condemnation is not there for the taking. Uh, you have to seek the indulgence of the court. Uh, it's not for you to say, ah, well, it's just one day or two days. Um, it's for the court. And, and that's a matter of respect for the courts more than anything else. Um, now, we have here a situation where the litigants in, in question have flagrantly uh, disregarded uh, the very well-known rule that um, in urgent application... We're going to come out of that process. I want to know what you made of that quip uh, by Advocate Dalim. Okay, so <laughs> we're taking that feed live from the SABC online platform. And as you've heard, uh, they've just come out of it in the midst of, of the particular hearing. Okay, let's take a quick break and we're back with more after this.